0: Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 393. We haven't got a guest this week. Unfortunately, our, our guest was ill, but they will be coming on the show probably in June. But you've got me and my better half. You've got Cindy Nicholson, the Course Whisperer. Um, Cindy, would you like to? <laughs> Cindy, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners of yours?
1: Absolutely, Jonathan. Uh, hi, everyone. Cindy Nicholson here from, as John said, the Course Whisperer. Dot. To calm and uh, basically, I help people create better online courses.
0: She's got used to my humour, folks. Um, it's taken a few months. <laughs> Taking a... Well, you've been on the show a while now, haven't you? I think we've done some great interviews, and thank yeah, you so yeah. much for being, putting up with me, Cindy. Uh, most people wouldn't, actually. You <laughs> uh, um,
1: mean I have
0: an <laughs> out, Jonathan? But, <laughs> but uh, I, I think you got used to my kind of psychonic English humour. Uh, um, so... What we're going to be discussing today, folks, we're going to be discussing security. Yes, especially if you're um, you're taking payments on a membership stroke learning management course-based um, website. This whole area of taking payments and payment gateways and Stripe and PayPal, we're going to delve deep. What do you reckon, Cindy?
1: I think it's a good topic. It's, you know, it, it's one of those things that you know, after something happens, you wish that you spent more time on figuring it out at the outset. So this is uh, hopefully going to um, help people avoid some problems in the future.
0: Yeah, I'm going to start with some basics, folks. You know, obviously, um, when it comes to security and taking payments, some of the um, hosted SaaS solutions like Thinkific, Kajabi, they seem initially to have um a easier vector and they handle all that part of it the truth is that um and i'm not choosing any specific company here cuz they probably sue me but uh um what i'm saying is that um a internal company when it has a security breach folks the natural way or its inclination to deal with it is totally different to open source approach. And what I mean by that, folks, is that if they do get a breach, they're going to keep it quiet and they're going to keep it in, in internal and not publicize it. Deal with it. Sometimes they do deal with it effectively. Sometimes they don't. But they're not going to publicize it that's the totally opposite to open source folks open source when a, a security it's called security vectors when a vector is found I either in the core of the software or in a plugin normally the community um, gives a period of time where it's not publicized for the for the developers of the core of WordPress or a pacific the developer of a specific plugin, they give them a little bit of time to actually fix that vector and then they publicize it. They don't want to publicize it normally before the vector's been solved because that would um, increase the probably the number of of sites that have been breached. Um, But if the developer or the developer of the plugin is not responsible responsive or doesn't seem to um, want to fix the vector, the community will publicize it. And then in the end, the community will come together and fix the problem for them. And there have been cases in the WordPress community of, of, of certain developers of certain plugins that have their plugin has been removed from the public directory of WordPress and they've been kind of quasar banned from the community because they have actually been engaged in um, uh, behavior that isn't, toler- isn't tolerated by the community in general. Did that make sense, Cindy?
1: Yeah, but I do have a question for you. Actually, I have a few questions for you. <laughs> um, so, uh, so what does it mean to have, have a vector like that? Is that mean somebody's been trying to come in and, and hack the? Uh, explain what an actual vector is, the security vector.
0: Yeah. Well, fundamentally, all you know, all code. You know, I know the buzzword is artificial intelligence. That we're all going to be replaced by robots at some stage. I'm looking forward to it. Cindy actually being replaced by a robot. So there we go. Uh, um, so, but to be serious for once, folks. Um, basically all code is coded by humans and all human beings, are we make mistakes. So fundamentally, there's normally bugs um, in code. And we live, um, another buzzword, this is, I'm going to introduce a few buzzwords here, folks, I apologize, is APIs. And what APIs are, they're public um, gateways that allow other, other, Programs to communicate with other programs, so it's a it's a kind of like a handshake. API publicly shows a number of ways that other software can communicate with your software. Right now, the problem, and we're getting more and more services um, that. that rely on external services to provide the service to the end client. So we have a number of APIs all working together. The problem with that, though, is it increases the level it opens you out to security vector problems because not only are you relying on your own software, you're relying on um, other people's. And with these SaaS um, platforms i won 't name them again because i 'm not po- not specifically pointing my finger at them. They normally are also in heavily integrated into other services providing video email they don 't run those email um, servers themselves they 're relying on other companies and they um, they bundle their services to the end user by utilizing modern APIs. But the point I'm making is even these SaaS platforms are open to security breaches by having very elaborate API systems. Is that making any sense?
1: Yep, no, that makes sense.
0: So they're not that enclosed actually. Modern software, almost all modern software is utilizing other company services through APIs. And by that, they are opening themselves out to um, the security quality or or the code quality of those external services that they're relying on
1: so so the vector
0: and all and all, all software has bugs in it and okay. The great thing about open source software, Cindy, is it just has as many bugs as non-open software, but you have more eyes looking at it. So you have more eyes looking at it. There's more chance that the bugs will be found. With enclosed software, the bugs aren't looked at so much. And if you get a bad player, a hacker or somebody that's part of the dark web and they find a bug which allows them into that software, then they can, can t- sometimes take control. And um, basically, especially if you're dealing with financial information, people's credit cards, other information, that can become quite serious.
1: Okay, so my follow so that makes sense in terms of what a vector is. It's really problems with the code that makes your uh, website more susceptible to being, you know, accessed by uh, hackers or what have you. So, uh, so that makes sense. So, thank you for that. So, my my follow up question up to that is, how do you know? Like, how do you know if you have these security vectors? Is it just problems when you're trying to do certain things on your website? Like, how do you know? That
0: you've got one well um let's th- talk let's talk about wordpress and open source here because it's it's the yep. area of the most knowledge i am not a security expert i have a, a, a maintenance company that supports learning management systems, so it's a, the, my knowledge is probably more than the average person or but Probably a lot higher, Um, but I'm not a security um, expert, so I don't want to tell myself like that. But let's talk, but I wanted this initial discussion because I didn't want people to think that these problems are just around WordPress or open source in general. It's just that they're more open about discussing them where other players, it's totally the opposite. They don't want to discuss any security breaches. So people get the impression that it's only open source that you get these problems. That's That's a total fallacy. Now, let's get into it. So fundamentally, it depends on why they... Will you know if your site's got hacked? Well, it really depends on um, the type of people that are hacking your site. What do I mean by that and the reasons why they're hacking your site? Uh, there were people that wanted to hack um, websites to utilize the actual serve. You now, all websites are hosted on servers. And servers are just big computers. Well, there was a host of hacking because they actually wanted to take control of the bandwidth of your of the server that your site was on. That's what they didn't actually want to do anything to your site. They just wanted access to the computer power because they were involved in cryptocurrency and this this is a whole other side fundamentally the mining of crypto coins you need computer power and you could if you could take over hundreds of websites thousands of websites and take a little bit of computer power then you could mine these crypto coins so there were people that were doing that the problem with that it's semi benign but the people a lot not all of them but a lot of the people that were behind that were in that were also engaged in, in other activities that were much more highly illegal and also they shared um if your site got hacked for that particular reason it, they normally shared the information on the dark web which is a mass of international forums and other places that rather unpleasant individuals share data on. They should do that. They, they they're normally also the type, not all, but also they love bragging about the amount of websites they've hacked into. And um and then normally in a community where they share information. So you normally find if you get hacked for that semi-benign reason, other people will pull in. That can be down to link building, um, which Google's technology um, still relies, you know, is a key part of how your website is ranked. The amount of external websites that link from their website to your website. Now, Google's technology has got a lot more sophisticated in some ways, but it's still this linking element. It's the core part of um, Google's ability to judge um, how popular your website. So you still get a lot of hackers that you want to link, use automatic scripts to build links, Others just basically want to deface your website there, and you you find that one day your website's great the next day it's got pornographic images all over it uh, um, um, I, um, and it can happen um, to any um website that's hosted by themselves, but a lot of this a lot of this can be avoided, Cindy.
1: So so if your website's been hacked to get the extra bandwidth um are you going to know this like are you going to like is your website going to slow down? Like,
0: what's what's what? How yeah, you're, do you... probably, you're probably not going to know it. That's why having it periodically scanned. We, on our WordPress, those that are um, on one of our plans, we utilise external company and we put a bit of software on the websites and they're scanned twenty four seven, and they're looking for unusual bandwidth activity and activity which then we are notified and then we go and investigate on the behalf of the client
1: all right cool i think that's a good time for a break and then i've got some more questions for you jonathan
0: oh superb yeah cindy's right it's time to go for our break she's becoming a pro folks she's becoming (laughs) a pro uh we'll be back in a few moments folks do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep
1: your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's
0: wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back. We're discussing all about security. Um, Cindy's got some more questions. Hopefully I'm not boring you to tears, folks, because this is really important stuff, actually, and you knowing some of the fundamentals. but before we delve some more in the murky world of security i 'd like to talk about one of our great sponsors and that 's Kinster hosting and Now you know if you host with Kinster you 'd be solving a, a certain um, high percentage of your security problems by being with a quality hosting provider, and that's what you get with Kinsta, especially if you're looking for something like a membership learning management system or a WooCommerce e-commerce website. You need better quality hosting than some of the other providers, and that's what you get with Kinsta. So if that sounds really interesting, I suggest that you go over to kinsta.com, and find out some more about their great hosting packages and tell them that you heard about it from WP Tonic. That'd be much appreciated. So, Cindy, you got some other questions?
1: Well, this is now to follow up with the last one. So, you talked about having a company that scans for for this, uh, what is what is the average Joe supposed to do? You know they've got a website, they've got a membership site. What uh, what can they do to protect their their websites from this?
0: Well, there's no one key way. Um, it's just doing a, a number of things um, that will uh, will help you keep your site secure. The first and the biggest is having decent hosting um unfortunately um there's a lot of cheap hosting out there i'm not going to name names cuz like i say um but there's a num there is the perception of hosting being at a certain cost which is around 3 to 5 dollars a month um that works for a very small business that has a very basic website right now, when you talk about a membership site or e commerce or anything that's larger which you want a certain degree of people to be um, utilizing your service, you need much better hosting and that will normally cost between fifteen to thirty dollars a month right and you could talk about hosting over three episodes. Um, It's always a really hot topic on, on the, on the Facebook forums, uh, Facebook discussion groups everywhere. Um, But, you know, finding a decent place to have your site hosted is important. And they also make sure that they have technical people employed that are keeping all the software that runs um, these servers, they're, they're run on um, different forms of Linux normally, not exclusively, but normally. And keeping those servers up-to-date, patched, kept as secure as possible is a full-time job for really experienced IT individuals. And that's what you're paying for from um, that level of hosting. Then um, you've got to do your bit. your bit the other great thing about these companies that are in the slightly higher price range around the 30 is they're going to offer what is called a staging site where you can have a full copy of your live website where, where you can update your plugins and the core of WordPress whatever open source software you're using and um then you can check out the site before you then with one click can migrate that version of the staging site to your live site. So that avoids you updating something on your live site and having problems. And especially with a membership site, you don't really want that. So they provide all these bells and whistles that will keep keep your life happy um, and also keep it much more secure, Cindy.
1: So web hosting,
0: what else? Well, you've got to keep your plugins up to date, you know, and you've got to be fussy where you get your plugins. You know, um, at WP Tonic, we offer a turnkey solution where um, we um, provide a platform with some of the best WordPress technology aimed at at those that looking to build a successful course platform. But we've, we've checked them all over. Um, they're all premier plugins that we off, offer in our suite. And we know all the developers and we've used them over a number of years. And we know the quality of code and they work together. Um, a lot of people, when they go in, starting off with WordPress, they're going crazy and put, um, they know nothing about the quality of the who's coding these plugins. And also they tend to put multiple versions of, of plugins that are doing the same kind of job. And then that's where you get into trouble and also not keeping them updated. Um, to avoid security problems, you need to keep everything updated as much as possible.
1: So when it comes to plugins is there is there any what red flags would you um have people look for in order to avoid um you know downloading certain plugins because there's thousands of them out there so what uh, what what uh, process for making the decision to download at
0: the present moment on the uh, WordPress Disrupted on the plugin exchange, there's 18,500 actually. Is that
1: how many there is? Holy, Roughly
0: about 18,500. Um, well, basically, um, is this their first plugin? Um, you know, have, have they got other plugins in the is have they got a track record? Basically, have they kept that plugin updated? When was the last time it was updated? Does it work with the? Does it? All this information will be shown in the WordPress Exchange. Will it? Um, it shows when it was updated, how regularly it's been updated, how many people have downloaded it and used, when it was developed, and have the developers developed other WordPress plugins? I suggest when it when it's key functionality. Um, you sh- you then either hire a company like ourselves or you do the research yourself. You should be reasonably fussy about um, about what kind of plugins you're putting on your website. But the good the, the truth is, and let's be frank, um, this is one of the reasons why these SaaS um, services are attractive initially to people is that. Um, you're not having to deal with that, but on the other hand, there are other hybrid solutions like what w. p. Tonic offers that solves a lot of that hassle, so you get the best of both worlds. You get an open system that's yours, but you're not having to deal with all this research and hassle part of it are you
1: no what, what uh, if a if a plug plugin hasn't been updated in what what frame of time would you then get?
0: concerned well if it hasn't been updated for three to four months uh, you know uh, alarm bells will start ringing you know um but it just really depends on if the core wordpress has been updated also um and there is no fixed date about um core patches updates when they are published. So it's relying on that. But if a plugin for about six months hasn't seen any updating, I would start get a little bit alarmed myself.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good kind of benchmark to look for.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. So you've talked about hosting. You talked about plugins and keeping your plugins up to date. Anything else that people can do to kind of protect their, their website, membership sites?
0: Well, almost all websites now are HTTPS. Um, which is a certificate, um, secure, socket, secure socket certificate, and almost all websites, not all of them. there's you know, still, you know, millions. But over the past um, eighteen months, almost all websites are now HTTPS. Um, the one, the, the main drivers of this for, was that Google. Um, said that if your site wasn't HTTPS, you were going to have a search um, penalty imposed on your website. And also, if you go to Chrome or um, any of the leading up-to-date browsers, which is Chrome, 60%, Firefox, about 20%, Safari, around 10%, mobile or desktop, you go to a site that isn't HTTPS, you're going to probably see some indication that that site isn't secure. With Chrome, they actually come up with a message and so does um, all the leading ones. Do you want to browse this This page is unsecure? Have you seen those messages? I
1: have definitely
0: seen those messages. Well, that what you're saying is the site hasn't got a secured socket certificate and they used to be really quite expensive for um, and you still normally have to pay for one when you're dealing with a membership learning management system Um, but not always it does depend on the volume and the level of security that's necessary Um, a a free um, secure socket technology is called crypt came on the market and they, but they drastically reduced the the price of the certificate to a level where um, their technologies was free. And that's, that's the most quality hosting providers provide secure socket certificate through them. So there's no, um, reason why your site shouldn't be secure if your hosting provider can't provide that um, normally that's a sign that you're with a pretty crap hosting provider and maybe it's time to move on
1: so um so I, so my first question around this is how does somebody know if this is set up on their uh on their website i know that it, You know, I've seen the "not secure" beside the URL up in the in the search bar. But how does somebody know if they have that this already set up on their website?
0: Yeah, well, you see the HTTPS, and you also see the green padlock in your browser. If you don't see that, that suggests that your site hasn't been set up correct and in 2019 you really do need that because you are going to be penalized, especially on the mobile and 70 to 80% of people that are going to be coming to your website are going to be coming through either a phone or tablet. That varies depending on the kind of site and the audience that your site is aimed at. But when it comes to actual course website, a lot of people will initially be coming to it. I don't know. You probably got more aware about um, the actual statistics about how people consume courses after they buy them. You know, I. I but I'd imagine there's a high level. A lot of people are using tablets to actually consume courses, which is classified as a mobile device. So. We've got, we're getting um, to the end of this, um, Cindy. We're getting to the half hour. Um, so hopefully, listeners and viewers, this has been useful. What I would also like to tell you is that me and Cindy are doing a course. We're doing a webinar on Thursday the 30th of this month, and it's going to be at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Thursday the 30th of May. And me and Cindy are going to be talking about the seven things that you need to know and get right when you're doing your first course. And we're going to be covering a lot of ground, aren't we, Cindy? I think it's excellent value. And it's free and it's going to be live. Um, You'll be able to ask questions at the end of of our presentation. We'll be covering a lot of stuff. A bit about security as well, and you'd be like to say you'd be able to answer questions. And you, all you have to do is go to the WP Tonic website, WP Tonic backslash webinar, and you'd be able to register for this free course. We had some technical problems last month, so we couldn't do it, but they have been fixed. So you'd be able to register for the course and um, for the webinar and you'll be able to learn some tips and information. That's right, isn't it? It's going to be great, isn't it? Absolutely. Right, that's great. So we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show, folks. Next week, hopefully, we're going to have a great guest. And we'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.